Welcome to Eagle's Nest Forum with Dr. Beecher Moorfield, an internationally known expert on biblically-based leadership and minister-to-ministers who will share thoughts from the Word of God on successful living. Now, let's join Dr. Moorfield for today's message. Hallelujah. Well, uh, perhaps we need to move on to mourn. Is that the one we were talking about last week? Let's, uh, we started meekness. Okay. Let me touch on mourn then one more time just to make sure we got it. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be what? Comforted. Comforted. You see, in order to be comforted, you have to do something that requires comforting. And God has told us in His Word what it is that you can do that will require Him to comfort you. Okay? I was sitting tonight before the uh, we came into the sanctuary and, and my, my buddy John came in. John, John is, is, for those of you on Facebook, John's a big fellow, six, six, five. A little taller than I am. Uh, you know, and, and John's got big hands and he's strong. And uh, he came in and, and, and patted me on the back and gave me a big old kind of a bear hug. And I told him, I said, I'll give you 30 minutes to quit that because that felt good. <laughs> Man, big old hands rubbing across your back. You felt, oh, Lord, do some, do, do some more of that. That, that. that felt good, you see. But the point I'm saying is, if you want God's hands to rub your back, if you want God's hands to rub your brow, if you want God's head to rub the pain and the aches out of you, if you want that in your life, I'm not talking about healing, I'm talking about spiritual issues. If you want God's hands to comfort you, you have to do something worthy of being comforted by Him. God's not going to comfort you for your stupidity. God's not going to comfort you for your disobedience. And let me tell you something. Disobedience will put you in a place of needing to be comforted. Stupidity will put you in a place of needing to be comforted. Doing things you have no business doing will put you in a place where you can sure use and would love some comfort. But God won't comfort you in those places. It is those that mourn whom God will comfort. Are we still together? What does it mean to mourn? I know most people think about, well, mourning, you know, you mourn at a funeral. and No, see, there you're dealing with somebody who has died. That's what mourning has come to mean. We're sorry about the person who died. But the true mourner in a funeral is not there to mourn the passing of the person who died. They are there to remember those who are yet Dying. The family that's not yet born again. The family that is so grieved in that death of the loved one that they're violating the very principles of God for their own life. What's the Bible tell us about grieving the Holy Spirit? Don't do it. Don't do it. Should we grieve then? Should we then grieve God? Should we grieve the Lord Jesus? Are we heirs of God? Joint heirs with Christ? Are we to be imitators of God as dear children? 
Are we to follow Christ, be imitators of Christ? Why should we allow ourselves to be grieved? But yet, that is expected of you when a loved one dies. Most recent member of my personal family that died was my mother. She died March the 31st of 2019. Marsha, were you there that day? I thought so. Was I saddened at the passing of my mother? Yep. Do I still think about her? Yep. Yep. She was quite a gal, eight days from her 97th birthday. Think about that. Lived a long life. Yeah, she up, but when she was able to drive on her own up until she was 96. When she was 96, she'd get up every Monday morning at 6 o'clock and go to, go to Walmart and get her groceries. 96 years old, living at home by herself. Get in her car at 6 o'clock and go to Walmart. At 7.30, our phone was ringing. She's calling to check on us. Now, that's, that's living on. You couldn't, you couldn't get her out. She didn't talk about Jesus. She talked about Jesus to somebody. Her car broke down one day at Walmart when she had gone shopping. Her car broke down, and, and uh, the, the, the manager of the store got one of the employees to put him in his car, put Nanny in his car with her groceries, and drive her home and help her put her groceries away and get in the house and, and get there safely and come back to work, and, and, he, and he was paid for it. That, that's, that's how much they loved Nanny. Hallelujah. But I can tell you I haven't grieved her passing for a single moment. I didn't lose my mother. I know where she is. She simply went to another location for a short time. Amen. And she's rejoicing there in that place now. <laughs> if anybody grieved her passing, it was Walmart. <laughs> they, they, they lost the money that she spent there. But, but uh, there, there's no grieving in that. See, And we should not allow our spirit to be grieved. In fact, the scripture warns us about that. We don't have time to get into all that tonight. But the scripture says, blessed are they that mourn. Those who remember the dying. Because if you know someone is dying, you don't just walk away and leave them to die. You try to minister to them. Okay? I remember when, when my mother, many years before this, there was a lady that attended the North Winston Church of God. Her name was Grandma Parker. I'll call her name. She's been gone to be with the Lord many, many, many years now. She was way up in her 90s when Sharon and I first got married. She walked to church about a quarter of a mile every Sunday. Hail, rain, sleet, and me. Were, Grandma Parker showed up at church on Sunday morning. She walked. And she, she fell one day in her front yard in her 90s picking up sticks. She never fully recovered from that. Ladies in the church would go by and visit her. My mom was visiting with her one day. And while she was visiting, Grandma Parker said, Valley. Uh, what are those women doing? What are those men? 
She said, what are those men doing over there at the steps? Well, my mother didn't quite grasp what she was talking about at that point in time. Later, my mother told me that, and I said, Nanny, that's what I called my mom. I said, Nanny, she's getting ready to go home, go to be with Jesus. I said, if she ever says that to you again, you tell her that if she wants to go up those steps to call those men, they'll come get her. Well, it wasn't a few many days later that Nanny had gone back to visit her, and Grandma Parker asked that same question. Valley, what do those men over there on the steps want? And the steps she was seeing was steps to heaven. And, and Nanny, remember what I said? She said, Grandma Parker, those are the angels of the Lord. They're, they're waiting on you. Wow. And, and when you're ready to go, you, let, you tell them, they'll come get you. And Grandma Parker just settled back in her bed and relaxed. I can go with that. And that night, when all the visitors had gone, when all, she loved the company. That night, when the company was gone, Grandma Parker sometime in the night said, let's go, boys. And the next day, they found her in the bed. She went to be with the Lord. You see, I'm convinced that if we're walking with the Lord as we should be, we can know that day is here. We can see those things. Hallelujah. I'm also convinced of this according to the Word of God, that we don't have to go unawares. Paul said it this way, I have run the race, finished my course, fought the good fight. There's now laid up for me a crown of glory in, in heaven. Paul had finished. And I knew, and I know in my heart he was ready to go. Okay? He was ready to go. David knew he was going. Read the Bible. He knew he was going. Called his family around. Talked to them. Drew his feet up in the bed. Covered his feet. Knew that he was leaving. All through the Bible, we read about that. I'm convinced that that's the way of God for one of us to go, is to know it in advance. And God's not going to take you out with your job unfinished. If you leave this earth with your job unfinished, it's because the enemy took you out. At that point, just be thankful God will receive you. Amen? Amen. But blessed are they that mourn. Blessed are those blessed. That is, well spoken of, praised, and made happy and prosperous are those who remember the dying. To remember the dying. That well, again, what do you do to somebody that's dying? You comfort them. What do you do to somebody who's dying and they don't know it? You give them the word. See, there are people around us every day that are dying and don't know it. They're not walking in the life of the Word of God, may not even be born again. If they're not born again, they're already dead. They're just walking dead. They don't know it. They're leaving this world in a dead position, in a dead situation. And what does that person need? They need life. So we remember them not to cry with them and squall and bawl with them and grieve with them. We remember them because we know there's something better for them. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into the harvest. 
for the harvest is white unto, or for the fields are white unto harvest. When we encounter the lost, it's not always imperative that we preach to them or speak to them, but I believe it is always imperative that we pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into the harvest. That person you're praying for may not have your name on them. You know, the Bible says that God has ordained good works that you should walk in them. There are good works out here. There are, the, there are people in this world lost today and going to hell that has your name on them. You ought to pray for that every day. You may not even know them yet. You may not have even been introduced to them yet. You might run into them tomorrow. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, he would send forth laborers. That person that you meet today who is not born again may not have your name on them. They may have somebody else's name on them. But pray that the Lord of the harvest would send forth the right laborers for him. That's what we need to be praying. We, we, you're wasting your breath when you pray for God to save the lost. He's already done everything he can to save anybody. He sent Jesus to the cross. Jesus has already done all he can do to save anybody. He went to the cross, died the death of, all the, of the cross, became sin for us, went to hell, was raised from the dead, and now has all authority. What more can Jesus do? Holy Ghost is here not to do the job, but to help you do the job. To correspond with Dr. Moorfield, you may contact him on his website at eaglesnestforum.com or join him on Facebook at facebook.com slash eaglesnestforum and be sure to subscribe to the Eagles Nest Forum YouTube page at youtube.com slash at sign eaglesnestforum join us again next time for another inspiring message by Dr. Beecher Morfield